Sound of Football with your host, Colin Summer, brought to you by WHIP. What is going on, guys? It is Down to Football back with another episode. I hope you guys are doing well. It has been a while. Since I've been able to record a podcast, it has been two weeks. I have missed two weeks. One, I was sick the first week. Physically could not put out a podcast. Sounded sounded absolutely terrible. And then, of course, Thanksgiving came around. Was home with family. Just had a lot going on, but we're back. We're committed. So let's just get right back into it. We miss a lot of football. Got to get you guys all caught up, and I am here to do that today. So obviously we're going to get started with our recap. This is from our week of Thanksgiving football, starting off with the Raiders-Cowboys game, which was actually on Thanksgiving. The Raiders take this one 36-33. It was a hard-fought game between both teams. Derek Carr went 24-39, of 373 yards and a touchdown. A decent day from him. Josh Jacobs had 22 carries for 87 yards and a touchdown. Solid day from him as well. Marcus Mariota actually had a rushing touchdown at one point. Hunter Renfro is starting to break out. Eight catches for 134 yards. Deshaun Jackson had three catches for 102 yards and a touchdown. Opened up the game with a long touchdown. The defense only had one sack, but was still able to hold the Cowboys to 33 points, even though that's not really holding them, but enough to get the win. Dak Prescott, on the other hand, had a very quality day. Went 32 of 47, 375 yards and two touchdowns. The team had 20 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown was from Ezekiel Elliott. Honestly, a really bad day on the ground from the Cowboys, but in the air was much better. Missing both C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper in this game. C.D. Lamb in concussion protocol. Should be back next week against the Saints. Same with Amari Cooper was in COVID protocol. Michael Gallup had five catches for 106 yards. No scores. Cedric Wilson had seven catches for 104 yards. No scores. Dalton Schultz and Sean McKeon, both tight ends, scored a touchdown each. Both of Dak Prescott's passing touchdowns. The defense had three sacks. No fumble recoveries. No picks. And unfortunately, took the loss to the Raiders. It was a very good game to watch. It was back and forth all game. And the... NFC East is a very tough division, not because there's a lot of good teams, but because they are so mediocre in so many ways. Cowboys are clearly the best team in the division, but there is still a fight, and it is not quite over yet. So we will see what happens when that division winds down towards the end of the season. We are almost there. In our second game, which came on Sunday, we had the Bucks versus the Colts. Tom Brady went 25 of 34 with 226 yards and a touchdown. He also threw a pick. Not your typical Brady-esque game, but Leonard Fournette did take over in this game. This was his game. He had 17 carries for 100 yards, three touchdowns. He also added seven catches for 31 yards and another touchdown. He totaled four touchdowns on the day. Playoff Lenny came out to play in the regular season. Gronk, seven catches for 123 yards. Very quality day from him. Uh, we haven't seen that in a while. That is a that is actually the most yards he's had in a single game since he came out of retirement to play for the Bucks with Brady. The defense had three sacks, two interceptions, and three fumble recoveries. And despite all of those turnovers, five total turnovers, they still only win by a touchdown difference. On the flip side of things, Carson Wentz had a quality day outside of the turnovers. 27 of 44, 306 yards, three touchdowns, was looking absolutely flawless in the first half, struggled in the second half, 
Uh, overall in the game, he threw two picks. He also had a fumble, uh, a lost fumble. Uh, 21 rushing yards he added on the day as well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was quote-unquote contained by the Bucks. He had 16 carries for 83 yards and a touchdown, and then four catches for 14 yards, so they limited him to only, only 97 yards and a touchdown. Jack Doyle had a quality day, six catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. Ashton Dolan had, a, had one catch, but it was a 62-yard touchdown. T.Y. Hilton also had a touchdown, a name that I have not mentioned in quite a long time. The defense totaled two sacks, one interception, and one fumble recovery, but unfortunately, what was not enough to contain the Bucks' playoff Lenny, or I guess regular season Lenny, and the Bucks take the win in that game. And lastly, we got one more game that came this Sunday. Packers, Rams, Packers take this 136, Rams 28. Rams are on a three-game losing streak, and Matt Stafford has thrown a pick six in each one of those games. But as for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers went 28 of 45 for 307 yards, two touchdowns. Now, the focal point of this game that I want to talk about is how many touches A.J. Dillon is getting. Uh, I believe Aaron Jones only had 10 carries and A.J. Dillon had 20 carries. Pretty sure Aaron Jones just got extended in the offseason or got a nice contract. I, I could be wrong, but I'm almost 100% sure he didn't. Now, A.J. Dillon is getting all the touches. Very confusing. Uh, I know they like him as a receiving back, even though Aaron Jones has proven to be a very, very good receiving back. So I'm a little confused. Uh, regardless, the efficiency wasn't really there for either of them. A.J. Dillon had 20 carries for 69 yards, uh, so he's not even averaging four yards a carry. I know Aaron Jones averaged around three yards a carry or even less than that, so just no matter who was running the ball, they really couldn't get it done. Uh, but A.J. Dillon also added five catches, but again, for only 21 yards, not many yards there. He didn't have a touchdown, but just something to keep an eye on. It's pretty confusing. Devontae Adams had eight catches for 104 yards, a very typical day for him. Randall Cobb had four catches for 95 yards and a touchdown, but he did fumble at one point. The defense had two sacks, one pick six, and two fumble recoveries. A very, very solid day for the Packers defense. Matt Stafford, rough, rough. He is on a rough three-game stretch right now. He went 21 of 38 with 302 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. That one interception being the pick six. Daryl Henderson, 16 carries for 55 yards, not much on the ground. He also added four catches for 18 yards and had a touchdown. So overall, not a bad day for him. Cooper Cup doing his usual thing, seven catches for 96 yards. Van Jefferson, three catches for 93 yards and a touchdown. One was a very, very long touchdown, I believe, 78 yards. And Odell, the newly acquired Odell Beckham Jr. on the Rams, five catches for 81 yards and a touchdown while he was also batter, bat, clearly battling a back injury during this game. The defense had one sack, one fumble recovery, but unfortunately was unable to limit the Packers to under 30 points. And again, the Packers take this 136 to 28. So that is your recap of the week. And because it has been so long, since I have been able to do a podcast, I just would like to get everyone caught up on where the playoff picture is currently. So we look at the AFC division leaders. Uh, number one seed right now, we have the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, just got a win against the Browns, a very ugly game. Lamar Jackson threw four picks. That is completely unacceptable. He is very lucky that the defense balled out in this game. Now, it's something to monitor moving forward. This is something that we've always seen with Lamar Jackson can do it on the ground, but does struggle at times throwing the ball. Uh, at, at times, it did look like there were some miscommunications between him and his receivers, so something potentially that they could clear up. But at other times, 
poorly thrown passes, clearly off target, just something to monitor. I mean, this is your number one seed in the AFC right now, so it's it's very open in the AFC. Uh, do I personally think that the Ravens stay in the number one seed? I think it's more than possible, but they got to clean some things up for first. Number two, we got the New England Patriots at eight and four. Bill Belichick is doing things that people were doubting that he was able to do. Mac Jones, they let him, <laughs> the league let them get him with the 15th pick, and now he is looking like rookie of the year with Jamar Chase on a slight decline uh, after he was having uh, pacing the NFL and receiving yards touchdowns. But unfortunately, he has slowed down a bit, and now it is Mac Jones's award to lose. He is starting to unleash the ball. He's looking clean. They're not, he's not just game managing where, where it might have looked like he was doing that at first, but now he's starting to take more risks. He's playing turnover-free football right now. He looks great. There's not much much else to say on the offensive side of things. I mean, Damian Harris, when he's healthy, plays well. Ramondre Stevenson, he plays well. The receivers, although they don't have a clear-cut number one, Kendrick Bourne has stepped up big time. Nelson Aguilar hasn't done much, but, you know, has his key catches here and there. They got a very solid tight end duo with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. They have the pieces. It's just a matter of finding that number one that I think they desperately need. But despite not having that number one, Mac Jones is playing phenomenal. The defense, no question, playing out of their mind right now. Matt Judon, J.C. Jackson... Everyone on that defense, Kyle Duggar is having a breakout season. Very, very quality team in New England. Could see a potential playoff run. Bucks Patriots, let me just put that in people's minds right now. Tennessee Titans currently hold the third seed at 8-4, despite not having Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, nor Julio Jones active. All three of them are hurt, while A.J. Brown and Julio are expected to come back as of right now, there is very, very little hope that Derrick Henry comes back in January, so we will keep an eye on that. Obviously, suffered the foot injury a, l- a couple of weeks ago, unfortunately. My thoughts on this team is that their defense can play well, but their defense can also falter at times. And we all know that the Tennessee Titans offense runs through Derrick Henry. I mean, that's always how it has been. I think Tannehill is a good quarterback, but A.J. Brown and Julio Jones have struggled to stay healthy the entire season. So it's very difficult on them, on uh, on Tannehill to you know perform at a high level when, when you're working with your wide receiver three and your wide receiver four as both your one and two. So, you know, I... I and having to throw 40 times instead of 20 times where Derrick Henry would, you know, begin countless scores and a ton of yards, it's it's hard on the Titans right now. So hopefully some of those injuries can clear up a bit towards the end of the season and they can still push for, I think they get a playoff spot. I, I very well could see the Colts swooping in and potentially taking the division because they're playing good football right now despite their loss against the Bucks. But the Titans right now are in a very, very interesting spot. Fourth, we got the Kansas City Chiefs. It looks like they're finally done playing terribly. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is starting to play a bit better. Tyree Kill's been a consistent factor for that team. Same with Travis Kelsey. Uh, in the last few weeks, it's been their defense that has stepped up. It was looking at the, like, at the beginning of the season that their defense would be an absolute issue. Like Their defense was the worst in the league. They were playing so bad, awful, awful, awful run defense terrible secondary they just weren't getting it done and now they're starting to play well 
Uh, I think they can easily take the AFC West. I think it's pretty competitive, though, with the Chargers and the Raiders pretty much right behind them, and it's very, very close. And honestly, the Broncos aren't too far out either. I'm pretty sure they all have the same record uh, between the Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos. So something to keep an eye out for. But I think the Chiefs do take the division. I think they're starting to come to form. Uh, Just went on a bit of a slump. You know, a couple of injuries to the offensive line. Just not things going well. And they're starting to turn it around, and I think it's pretty clear. So not much to say about the Kansas City Chiefs. They've, I think they've figured it out. As for the wild card, our first wild card spot belongs to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that they aren't going to win the division. I think the Ravens can. Uh, I think the Ravens end up winning the division, but I do think the Bengals get a wild card spot. They're playing very good football right now. Joe Mixon is looking like the running back that they've always wanted. He has showed glimpse in the past and has had some quality seasons in the past, but now he is finally starting to break out. He has, I believe, 13 touchdowns or something around that, and he is nearing in on a thousand yards rushing. Very, very good season from him. Obviously, you have Jamar Chase. I did mention he was on a decline, but he's still a consistent factor, whether he's getting a couple catches. He always makes a key play here and there. Uh, and, and when he's not doing well, T. Higgins is able to step up. He is he is for sure good enough. Tyler Boyd having a quiet season because he's devolved, devolved as the wide receiver three for the team, but he's still a quality player to have. C.J. Ozuma, he, he's actually having a decent season right now. Uh, nothing crazy. He's just a tight end, uh, more of a blocking tight end, I'd say. Uh, but he is playing pretty well right now in the defense. Uh, Trey Hedrickson, uh, as a Saints fan, I hate, hated seeing him go. But he is performing to absolute high standards right now. You know, he got a nice contract, I believe it was four years, $60 million defensive end. And he is tearing it up right now with the Bengals, so good for him. In six, we got the Buffalo Bills. They are one game behind. Actually, they might be half a game behind New England. The, the, the Bills are 7-4, New England's 8-4, so they're right there with them. Now, the Bills seem to have a couple of issues. Uh, run game clearly won. Neither Singletary nor Zach Moss are the answer to that offense. They're actually starting to filter in Matt Breda more, which it caught me by surprise, but he's been shockingly efficient in what he's done. So it's interesting to see. Offensively, you know, Josh Allen to me is never really a concern. Stephon Diggs not having, you know, not following up with the season that he had last year, but he's still producing at a pretty solid rate. You also have Dawson Knox, who's looking like he could come into form as a top five tight end. Potentially. We'll keep an eye on that. So right now he's top ten easily, but he is doing he's playing his role very, very well. The defense is among the league's best. I don't think there's any questioning that. You know, they did get uh, ran through by the by the Colts and Jonathan Taylor, but clearly shut down the Saints. Not that the Saints have much to offer on the offensive side of the football, but I do think that the Bills could win that division. Uh, both teams uh, between the Patriots and the Bills looking very solid right now, so something to monitor. And then lastly, in the last wildcard spot, we got the Los Angeles Chargers. I just think the defense is lacking a little bit. I do think that they could get a playoff spot. There are a couple of teams in the hunt, including the Raiders, Broncos, and Colts. Of any of those teams passing the Chargers, I would believe it to be the Colts. I don't see the Raiders really having enough juice. Same as well with the Broncos. I don't think either of them have the utilities, the the tools to actually make it to the playoffs. I see the Colts as a more complete team. Uh, I think it's going to be a fight between them and the Chargers, so we'll keep an eye on that. The Chargers 
Justin Herbert playing well, Austin Eckler playing well, Keenan Allen doing his usual thing. The defense is just lacking in a couple of ways. Colts defense also lacking in a couple of ways, but honestly, it's fine with Jonathan Taylor being, being a consistent offensive threat uh, and being able to take over games at ease. And Carson Wentz playing at an exceptional level, especially right now. So I, I like what I see in the AFC. I think things are going to close out interestingly. Those wild card spots are up for grab. And honestly, those wild card teams are not so far off from the division leaders as well. So very, very interesting race going on. Moving on to the NFC, we have the Arizona Cardinals in first place. Hopefully DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray can get healthy soon. And that offense can come back to form. They took a little bit of a tailspin. You know, with Kyler getting hurt, DeAndre Hopkins getting hurt, a couple of other offensive pieces on, on COVID protocol, and then you also have Chase Edmonds who's hurt. But James Conner has proven that when he is healthy, he can be an elite running back. He has showed so much potential this season under a small one-year contract with the Cardinals, I believe. So he will continue to be a factor. He is amongst the league leaders in touchdowns, having a very quality season. Uh, Cardinals in first, then we got the Packers, just beat the Rams. Defense playing at a very, very high level right now. Aaron Rodgers still dealing with that toe injury, but is playing through it and still playing decently enough to get them wins. Devontae Adams doing his usual thing. Like I mentioned earlier when I was going over the recaps, very interesting situation between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, something to keep an eye on. I'm not sure what Matt Vilfour is trying to do there, but, I mean, I guess it's working. I don't, I'm not really sure how to judge that, but it's it, it's just interesting to see. Uh, after the Packers, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they have a leaky secondary at times, but they have an elite offense. You know, you got Tom Brady and company, company being Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Brait. Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones actually getting a little more involvement in the this most recent game compared to usual. He has been getting touches all season. So Buccaneers, just they're they're a quality team across the board. There's no questioning that. Uh, I do think they could use A B back. I think A B would be a huge uh you know help. Obviously, when he's healthy, he was looking like he was returning to form, especially at the age he is. But the injury has set him back quite a bit. And obviously, there were the COVID uh, COVID vaccination card mishaps as well. So, just an interesting situation. After the Bucks, we got the Dallas Cowboys at 7-4. Uh, they're an interesting team. Uh, they're dealing with some injuries uh, and, and, some, and some people being out like CeeDee Lamb. You know, with the whole concussion problem. And then you got Amari Cooper out with... With uh, COVID, and then, you know, Dak Prescott missed a game, and Cooper Rush had to play, blah, blah, blah. Basically, the Cowboys are still playing pretty well. They did lose to the Raiders on Thanksgiving, but it was a hard-fought game. Uh, and the one other thing I really didn't get to mention, I might as well talk about it now since I'm talking about the Cowboys, is what is going on with Zeke? I'm not sure. I know he's dealing with some sort of heel, lower leg issue. And Tony Pollard this season, in my opinion, has looked like the clear-cut, more explosive back, more yards per carry. Uh, you know, the, the big plays that he makes, I haven't seen Zeke made all season. Uh, now, it was said a couple of days ago that the Cowboys were considering giving Zeke some time off to really let that injury rest, maybe play, and then come back for playoffs fully healthy. But Jerry Jones, being the guy that he is, says he expects an increased workload uh, for Ezekiel Elliott, and they will be—he will be the primary factor in the mo- next in their upcoming game. 
very interesting to hear. I guess that's just Jerry Jones' ego taking it over, and that I think it's a very bad idea. You can tell Zeke's in pain when he's playing, and Tony Pollard has played exceptionally well. Uh, you know, in place of Zeke when he's on the sidelines or whether they're just rotating in and out. <sighs> I guess Jerry Jones just being the guy that he is, uh, I think it's dumb. I think it's really stupid because this is a guy who, you know, has been a key offensive factor for many, many years but has been on the decline since he's been a rookie. Uh, and I think this might just make it worse, so keep an eye on that. In the wild card, we got the Rams. Rams on a three-game losing streak. Von Miller, honestly, they haven't won since Von Miller was shipped over from Denver. Matt Stafford has thrown a pick in three games straight. The defense is playing awful right now. Uh, I do think they have time to turn it around. Obviously, losing Robert Woods hurt, but then they go out and get Odell. But Odell is now dealing with a back injury. It's an interesting situation. I like what I see from Van Jefferson. I was never a big fan of him, and now I'm seeing him break out a bit. Uh, I, 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 it's not that I wasn't a fan of him. I was just, just wasn't a fan of that draft choice from the Rams because at the time, you know, they, they had Robert Woods, they had Cooper Cup. I just didn't think in, I think it was the second round they needed to go out and draft the receiver. So it's just an interesting thing to see. But the Rams still playing well. Daryl Henderson has proven he can be an RB1. And it's, uh, and we'll see, you know, going into next year how that fares because Cam Akers is obviously out for the season. Will Daryl Henderson still have a role when he comes back? And what is going on with Sony Michelle? So, interesting. Interesting situation. But the Rams right now hold the hold the first wild card spot. You know, it, it's still not out of reach to get the division, but the Arizona Cardinals are playing very well right now. So, I don't see it happening. So, I see the Rams as more likely a team to get a wild card spot. Then you also have the 49ers. You have three teams currently in the playoff picture from the NFC, NFC West. 49ers are starting to get healthy, starting to see some players perform at a very good rate. George Kittle last week had a very quiet week, but but did scoring three straight uh, from after coming back from his injury, I believe. He's been playing really, really well. Uh, Debo Samuel actually just sustained, I, I want to say, a groin injury. I'm not 100% sure, and he's doubtful for next week. But Brandon, and that should open up for Brandon Ayuk. Uh, for fantasy purposes, he's uh, that that'll probably give him some upside as a wide receiver too if you need to start him. But I, I like Brandon Ayuk. He's starting to break out. Elijah Mitchell, the running back that the 49ers have turned to since Raheem Mostert's injury and Trey Sermon just hasn't been able to produce anything on the field. To to my surprise, I thought he was going to be good, but clearly not. Uh, but the 49ers six and five right now. It's a it's a close wild card race because right behind them, then you got the six and five Washington football team. I believe actually, is that their record? I need to go double check because I I have like a yeah, yeah they're five and six, not six and five. Just a little uh, misinput there. They are five and six. Just beat the Seahawks. The Seahawks looking absolutely terrible, even with Russ. I think Russ needs to leave. I think Seattle's just not in anymore. That team is just not getting it done. Just not getting it done. Uh, I don't really have much to say about the Washington football team. Uh, one thing I will say is thank. this was the first game all season where Antonio Gibson has actually had the appropriate amount of touches that he should have because he's proved last year he could be a workhorse. And yes, I know he's dealing with a shin injury, but he's still the best offensive player on the team outside of Terry McLaurin. And we don't have a consistent enough QB to, you know, to throw to Terry and Taylor Heineke, then you need guys like Antonio Gibson to take the rock. 
And for some reason, Ron Rivera loves giving the ball to Jarrett Patterson and Janie McKissick before giving it to Gibson, which I find hilarious because prior to the start of the season, Ron Rivera said, oh, yeah, 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 you know, he could have this Christian McCaffrey-esque role because he was a receiver and caught, and it's just not happening. It's just not happening. I don't understand what Ron's doing. Uh, and, and there was a very questionable play last night during the Monday Night Football game. Uh, it was literally at the end of the game. I was like, why are they not kicking a field goal? I did see that their kicker got hurt, but even the punter, like I, the punter could have at least gone for it. Uh, you know, I think the punter is capable enough to kick a, a field goal from, what, the three-yard line? I think it was just an absurd decision. I, I don't know. But the Washington football team, a uh, very interesting team. I don't see them making the playoffs. I think the team that's in the hunt is better than him, or better than them. Jesus, excuse me. In the hunt, we have the Minnesota Vikings. I think they end up taking the last wild card spot. They're 5-6 and six right now. It's act- Actually, now that I think about it, it's interesting. Because, you know, while Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are both healthy and playing well, Dalvin Cook just got hurt. Alexander Madison has shown that he can be a reliable backup and can put up numbers in his place. But Dalvin Cook, we all know, is a very explosive back and can be the X factor in any game. So it's a big loss for them. Minnesota fighting for that wild card spot. I think they can take it from the football team. Then we got the Falcons. Not much to discuss there. They're 5-6, and six, had some fluke wins, whatever. And then lastly, the Saints. I am a Saints fan, and this has been a tragedy of a season. I don't see them making the playoffs. Uh, I, I At this point, I just want a better draft pick. That's just my personal take. Uh, you know, when you got Trevor Simeon leading the way and maybe soon to be Taysom Hill, there's not much faith to put in the team. You have so many starters hurt. Alvin Kamara's been hurt. Mark Ingram's been hurt. Ryan Ramchek hurt. Teron Armstead has been hurt. Andrews Pete has been hurt. We haven't had Michael Thomas all season. We've missed a couple of defensive pieces as well. It's just not happening. It's just it's just not happening for the Saints this year. Simple, simply put. Very simply put. Uh, so that is your current playoff picture. I will run through it again. So the AFC division leaders from one to four are the Ravens at eight and three, Patriots at eight and four, Titans at eight and four, and Kansas City Chiefs at seven and four. In the wild card spots in the AFC, you have the fifth playoff spot, number one wild card, Bengals seven and four, Buffalo right behind them at seven and four, and then the Chargers hanging on to the last wild card spot in the AFC with a six and five record, and in the hunt. Our teams that come from all f- six and five records, we have the Las Vegas Raiders, Denver Broncos, and Indianapolis Colts. Our NFC division leaders, Arizona Cardinals are number one at nine and two. Green Bay Packers are number two at nine and three. Tampa Bay Packers, or Tampa Bay Packers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are eight and three. And the Dallas Cowboys are seven and four. As for your wildcard teams, you have the Los Angeles Rams, who are 7-4, the San Francisco 49ers, who are 6-5, and, and the Washington football team, who are 5-6, and six. and in the hunt are the Vikings, Falcons, and Saints. The only thing I see happening differently there is Washington and Minnesota swapping. Our last segment of the day, we got some fantasy notes that I have been taking for the last couple of weeks, and it's just some nothing crazy I'm not giving you. I kind of giving you advice, uh, just, you know, just take some of these things with ease, but just some things that I like to point out. So number one, uh, you know, and I've briefly talked about it this episode already, Stafford is starting to struggle with the Rams. It's definitely a concern after such a hot start and being a reliable quarterback. Now, you know, no Robert Woods and the offense playing a little bit banged up right now. Uh, offensive line not holding up too, too well either. I still think Stafford is a must-start option due to the potential in that offense to, you know, have a potential shootout in any single game. 
you know, when he's still got guys like Man Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Odell Beckham Jr. to throw to, and he has, you know, Daryl Henderson in the backfield, Tyler Higby at tight end, it's still a quality team. Still a quality offense with a lot of good pieces for Stafford. There's absolutely no reason to not start Stafford. That's just my take on that. So, number two on my fantasy notes. Uh, so, six, average draft position, first-round running backs are just getting banged up. Uh, and this is based on ADP, which, again, stands for average draft position. Derrick Henry, looking like he's going to be out for the year. Some glimmer of hope. CMC, this past weekend, got hurt again. Ankle injury, out for the year. Cook, Dalvin Cook, going to miss a couple of games. Uh, dislocated his shoulder. Alvin Kamara might be coming back this week, but has missed three games with an MCL sprain. Then you also have Zeke. Uh, I know Jerry Jones said that he's going to have a nice workload this coming week, but he has been banged up and not performing well. And then obviously you have Saquon, who is back now, but was hurt for a good amount of time. Now, I'm just going to pose the question, are, are running backs overrated because of the consistent how consistently they can get injured, or... Are they still worth drafting just with care? Uh, I think that there's absolutely no reason to not draft any of these guys in the first round. Maybe Saquon just because it's the Giants. You haven't seen him in a while. Only for that reason. But, you know, your first pick and you got Derrick Henry, Cook, uh, Kamara, or CMC on the board. You're going to take one of them. It would just be dumb not to. That's guaranteed touches now moving into next season. Uh, I think it's going to be... I want, I want to say that Jonathan Taylor should go one or two, probably. But you might not see that happen because Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry, and I think he'll be fine after his injury. But, man, this year it just hasn't been it for the running backs in the first round. You know, you've had some other round running backs perform well and other running backs shafting in the first round perform well. Like I said, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, even Leonard Fournette's having a great year. Uh, you know, Daryl Henderson, you have a lot of these guys, Elijah Mitchell, who you could have picked up off waiver, James Robinson. There's other guys who are having pretty solid seasons and weren't even touched in the first three rounds. So, you know, maybe it's time to start, you know, drafting differently. I don't think uh, it's really a personal choice and whatever you're the most comfortable with and you think is best for your team. But uh, it's honestly just really unlucky. That's how fantasy football works. Uh, you know, hopefully you got some death and you can play through it. But man, are the first round running backs getting banged up this year? Number three. So, JD, this is not over the span of two weeks. This is more of a last night thing during the Monday night football game. JD McKissick sustained an injury. It was a head injury, head and neck injury. Uh, and I think that only boosts Antonio Gibson's uh, value. Antonio Gibson. Uh, finally getting the touches that he deserves. He can be an absolute workhorse. Hit 100 yards, that is a regular season high. His first time of the season, he's having an underwhelming season, but I think that this injury, and obviously I I hate when other people get hurt. I don't like seeing anyone in the NFL get hurt, but Gibson now should take the reins and most of the touches uh, in their upcoming matches. If Jared Patterson gets a little bit involved, it's only because Gibson's going to need a breather, but he showed what he's capable of doing when he is relied on and called upon. Number four, Jamar Chase on the decline. You haven't seen Jamar Chase get as involved in these past couple of weeks. It's interesting to see T. Higgins took over in the last game. 
Now, are you wondering, okay, where does Jamar Chase fare? I still think he is a wide receiver. One, I th- still think he is a must-start every week because of his big play potential and his touchdown threats. No reason not to start him. Don't want to t- stay on this topic for a while. It's it's a clear-cut and obvious choice, in my opinion. Uh, Jamar, or no, not Jamar Chase, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are both reliable flex options. Uh, both of them can get touchdowns at any time. Both of them are averaging really well on the ground. Uh, both of them also get catches. Uh, Javante Williams, less than Melvin Gordon, but more so recently. There, if you have one of them and, and you're struggling to find a really consistent flex option, I think both of them are, are, are flex options. They might not be the most flashy. They might not get you a crazy amount of points, but they both have a very, very solid floor because of what Denver is trying to do with that run game. Both of them are staying involved no matter what the game script is. So both of them are reliable start, reliable starters if you need a flex. James Conner is my number six here. James Conner has overtaken Chase Edmonds in my opinion. Of course, other people could disagree. I've seen enough from James Conner in the last couple of weeks with Chase Edmonds out to realize that when James Conner is healthy and he is run the right way, he can be a playmaker. I think a couple weeks ago he dropped a 40 bomb in uh, in fantasy. He had 40 points. He, he absolutely exploded. Now this was when Chase the game that Chase Edmonds got hurt. And unfortunately he was on my bench. Thankfully I still won that week. But I think James Conner has overtaken Chase Edmonds. I mean James Conner has been the clear cut uh, red zone threat getting every single, not every single red zone touch, but I mean, look at the touchdown difference between him and Chase Edmonds. James Connors, the guaranteed, you know, goal line back most of the time. So 100%, I think James Conner, and, and he's doing well right now outside of the scores. I mean, he's getting touches and he's making do with those touches. He's even getting involved in the pass game a bit. I will see this week if Chase Edmonds comes back because I believe this is the first week he's eligible to come off IR. But even with Chase Edmonds healthy, I think that James Conner is a must-start every single week. And then lastly, I think that Dawson Knox and Rob Gronkowski have both moved into must-starts each week for fantasy. Uh, Tight end has clearly been a thin position this year. Uh, Darren Waller a little below expectations. Kyle Pitts has been pretty volatile. Your two consistent guys have honestly been, well, actually really only consistent guy is Kelsey. And then recently, George Kittle has been pretty solid as well. He only had one catch last game, but that was just a matter of game script. I I look at tight ends and there's just, uh, it's just such a thin position. You got Kelsey, you got Waller, you got Pitts. You have Hunter Henry, who's been a decent red zone target this year. And, you know, like Kittle, I've mentioned, there's just a couple of guys that actually satisfied the tight end position. Uh, but, you know, if you you got a toss-up between, I don't know, like Kyle Pitts and, and uh, I don't know, who's another guy? Noah Fant. And you also have Dawson Knox and Gronk. I just feel like they're way more involved with their offense. Not saying that Kyle Pitts isn't, but... Man, I'd rather have my tight ends quarterback be Josh Allen or Tom Brady compared to, I don't know, Drew Locke if Teddy Bridgewater misses more time or if it is Teddy Bridgewater or uh, Matt Ryan. No offense to Matt Ryan, but he's been playing poorly as well. So I just think that Dawson Knox and Gronk right now are, are must-starts each week over other options. They've been playing at a better consistency. Both of them just came back from injury. And it's weird them and Gronk or them and Kittle all came back from injury uh, like relatively around the same time. But I think that Dawson Knox and Gronk are clear cut must start each week despite matchups. I think you have to start them. 
And those are my fantasy notes for the week. Lastly, we got our locked in and upset picks. I'm 13-5 and five as of right now. The last time I spoke on this topic, I had the Dolphins losing to the Ravens in my locked in pick, and the Dolphins upset the Ravens, and then I also had the Saints upsetting the Titans, and unfortunately, they could not do that. Uh, sad to see is what it is. Now I'm 13-5, still a decent record, not, not, not going to complain. So this week, I have my locked-in picks, the Colts at Texans. I have the Colts winning that game. I think it's going to be a very easy game for the Colts. I think that Jonathan Taylor runs all over them all game. My upset pick, I have the Chargers at the Bengals, and I'm going to take the Chargers. Now, it might not seem like a crazy upset pick, but because the Bengals have a better record and are playing at home, it is likely that they are going to be the favorites in this game by a decent margin, especially with the Chargers playing kind of meh right now. Uh, They just got destroyed by the Broncos, so, you know, maybe they'll have have a decent resurgence, but I think they can beat the Bengals, like I said, decent resurgence, I think that that Denver game has to have every single one of them infuriated, Justin Herbert not having the greatest game he would typically have, I think they go nuts next game, and I think they take the win in Cincinnati. That is going to be it for this episode. Hopefully by next week, we can be 15 and 5 in our picks. I hope you guys have enjoyed. It has been a pleasure. Love talking about football. You know the deal. Not even going to go over it again. Everyone loves football. Who listens to this podcast at least. And I hope you guys also had a happy holiday. Didn't get to mention it last week, but for those who celebrate Thanksgiving, hope you guys had a good time, Get got to see your family and so on. And we are moving towards Christmas season as well. Happy holidays, everyone, and I just have one last question. Are you down to football?